All right, everybody, welcome to the Beer Geeks Radio Hour Sports Hub 102.3 NBC Sports Radio. My name is Freddie. I am the bad influence with the best intentions. And I'm here with my boys in the studio, and glasses are up in the air, and uh, caps are popping, and I think we have a few cans over there as well. Dirty Derek, what's going on, man? Well, not too much. Yeah, we're cracking some cans this week. Only got one bottle, so we got a lot of cracking going on this week. A lot of cracking <laughs> and one pop. <laughs> cracking pop. And speaking of cracking pop, <laughs> right over there is Backyard Billy. How I'm you snapping. doing, buddy? You're snapping. Crack, pop, oh, snap. We got oh, a Rice Krispies day. Oh, we got yeah. a Rice Krispies well, day. And speaking of which, we just started out with a beer that has some adjuncts in it. Look so. at that. We're Whoa. doing very, very nice. Wow, that... We have a great interview today as well, boys. Yes? We do, yes. We're right. talking to uh, brewmaster Jeremy Myers from Neshaminy Creek Brewing Company and in Croydon, Pennsylvania. So we're a little, we're semi-local today. We're at least keeping it, in, keeping it in PA. Yeah. We tried to get them to get up early in the morning and take a little road trip, but at the end of the day, everybody's way too busy this yeah. time of year, two, especially when beer is involved. Yeah, two-hour drive for, you know, a 20-minute interview. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you get the great company That's it. of us young men. And it's also nice, though. You can uh, take a trip down yourself from here. If you're listening locally, you can take a trip right. down. It's not that far of a drive. They're outside of the Philadelphia area. So nice. there's a lot of cool stuff going on. And I believe you have been there before. Derek, if I'm no, not mistaken, I haven't gone not down yet, it. No, but you're I'm planning gonna, on it. Yeah, we're going to get down awesome. there this summer, hopefully. This this winter kind of knocked out any road trip yeah, plans. Yeah, that is a good point. <laughs> Every time there's one uh, planned, then uh, Mother Nature decides to uh, slap you right in the private slap area, silly. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're done. <laughs> now, boys, before we get into drinking the beer, and I know we do have an interview in a little bit, I just want to say, take a minute and say, what a bang-up job you boys did last week at RC Movies oh, yeah, 14, Wilkes-Barre, uh, downtown Wilkes, uh, Wilkes-Barre. Of course, with our fabulous friend and partner, Mr. Gene Philbin and Miranda Philbin from Peculiar Culinary, really knocking out some delicacies from Jackrabbit awesome. yeah. Slim's menu, as well as the movie, a couple concoctions that he kicked up in that wonderful dome of his, um, his culinary genius. Uh, what was it? Jules Filthy Pork or something like that? Our, our Pulp Kitchen. Yeah, I don't know what the names of the stuff are. Yeah. It was good. Swine. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And the beer was fabulous. You guys did a fabulous job. It was a lot of fun. And I don't want to let the cat out of the bag yet because I think you guys made the decision on what movie our next pop-up, our peculiar cinema series. I got to still get the name down, man, for it. Yeah, maybe we can find something that doesn't tongue-tie, everybody. We'll, we'll figure out something that'll work. Well, you know, I'm a little or, off-kilter this early in the morning, man, so maybe I'll be able to say it no, better I, later. I think no matter what, we can tongue-tie <laughs> All right, easily. right. I just want to say you guys did a great job, and anybody, if you missed our Pulp Kitchen, RC Movies 14 and Wilkes-Barre, you missed out big time. Oh, definitely. And uh, you got to keep your eye on Chef Gene Philbin. Our next kitchen is going to be fabulous. Our next pairing is going to be unbelievable. I'm dying to see what you guys are going to come up for the next movie, and I'm not going to say what it's going to be. And I just want to say thank you. And anybody that was out there, uh, that's out there now, that you know, partook with our little celebration of that fabulous fun. movie last week. It was a blast. And the pictures that yeah. we posted were amazing as well. So thank you very much. You guys did a great job. And let's get on with the show. Yeah, let's crack into all these now. We're starting out. What's nice with this brewery is they have a, kind of a unique lineup compared to a lot of breweries, especially in the Pennsylvania area. As they're, I mean, they've only been around since 2010. So they're relatively new up and coming uh, and they have a real unique lineup of different beers that they do. And, and the one we're starting out with is one that is kind of a style that a lot of breweries, unfortunately, overlook. Because when this style is done right, this is 
a fantastic, really easy drinking beer when you don't want to go too heavy, but you want a little bit of flavor, but not over anything too pungent. A cream ale is a fantastic way to go. This is their Croydon cream ale. Now, what's nice of the cream ale is this is also a beer that is perfect to give to that friend of yours that that swears they don't like craft beer. They maybe they you know had something that just kind of scarred them for whatever reason. <laughs> Uh, this is a really nice one to give because it has a lot of those adjunct qualities, like a little bit of corn sweetness in this one. That's what's really nice with the with the cream ale style is it's a perfect introductory beer. So you're saying pretty much this is a second chance beer right here. Yes. If you got turned off because you went about the wrong way diving into craft beer, this is a great way to give it another shot. Awesome. Yeah. This one, if if you slipped a cozy on this and then put it next to another macro beer and had someone try them side by side. You would probably get them. They would they would notice the difference in taste in this one. That's a lot fresher, a lot cleaner, but it has a lot of the same qualities. They would most likely choose this one because it has those real nice qualities of it. That you know, it, it's not something that uh, I would say. Oh, it tastes just like a macro beer. It, it it just has those similar qualities to it. And it's really nice. It has that nice sweetness. It's only four point two percent. This is a great beer to have on hand for the summer, which hopefully we're getting too soon. Yeah, I so, can't wait. But it has, and it even says right on there, American Lawnmower Ale. They're they're <laughs> pushing it as like this is a session beer to have during a hot summer day, and it has all those really refreshing qualities. Right. The cans are fabulous too. They have oh, a yeah. little bit of a retro twist to them. Uh, very easy to read. If you look, if you know what you're looking for, you're gonna find yeah. <laughs> this product. And uh, even if you have, even if you're visually impaired, you know ju- <laughs> just what you're saying, Derek. Uh, I could see the selection fits the bill. Yeah, there, there's a wide selection they do, which is really neat to see all of this because some of these styles, like a cream ale, a lot of them will push off because they think, well, you know, I don't know how well it's going to sell. Why do I want to turn, you know, tie up the equipment with doing this and that? But it is a really solid, and there's a handful of breweries that when they do I mean, the one thing that a lot of people think of when they think of cream ale, you know, it takes a lot of us back is the old Jenny, Jenny cream. Yeah. Jenny. We, that, we used to call them the Jenny yeah. Screamers. Yeah. <laughs> the, the green can, though, oh, man, yeah. was the bomb. I mean, it looked cool. You felt like you were stepping up <laughs> if you were cracking up. Yeah. When you get some Jenny, get some Bud, we have the cream Jenny ale. You would always think. Why would they have a case of cream ale? What do they know that we do not know? What is the difference? It's beer, and that's the you know somebody who drinks for effect and somebody who drinks for fabulous taste. Yeah, and that, that's the the style that most people equate with the beer that most people equate with the style of a cream ale is that Jenny Cream. Now this is definitely a cream ale. Uh, it's definitely a step above the, the Jenny Cream. Because <laughs> I mean, yeah. the, Je- the Jenny Cream is one of those things that uh, a lot of people kind of keep on hand. Maybe some I mean, people do still swear by that beer. That's the only thing you can say to it. I mean, it's been around before I was born. So, you know, it's tried it, it's, and true. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's been kicking around. But I mean, it's a really good style that I, I think is often too overlooked for by a lot of breweries because when you make this style and you hone it in, you have something that you can put out to the masses and really get some people into the brewery. And that, that's why I think is important with having this kind of style is, you know, and it, it has to be done well. I mean, it's not just, oh, we have a cream ale and then you taste it. It tastes like crap. Well, it doesn't matter. But I mean, that's what's nice with this is this is a really solid cream ale that has a lot of those qualities that make it a really easy drinking beer. And it's a great way to start out with this kind of lineup because we're going to get into some more aggressive stuff quickly because we're going to be talking to Jeremy about their double IPA, the new one. So we're going to be stepping up very, very quickly. Yeah, it's like three loggers and then, yeah. you know, <laughs> IPAs. Yeah, we're going we're gonna, to we're jump right into the fold with that so one. So are we uh, raising the bar as we go along today, Derek? Uh, that That's normally the plan. Yes. Uh, the, the See, what people I don't think think of, when I, when I put the photos up and everything, that's the intended right. way you should drink these. 
Sometimes they have to jump around because there's beers that we want to discuss right. during the interview. Right. So we kind of got to shift things around. So ideally with what we're drinking now, you would not want to go from these lighter beers right into a double IPA and then kind of back right. down. It, you should kind of slowly build yourself up. But that's the one we want to talk to mm-hmm. because they have a really cool new double IPA that just came out. So we're going to talk to them about that. But I digress. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> let's crack open another one since we got a little bit of time because we went through the cream ale. We're going to get this is their, their Trogger Pilsner. Now, this is another style that's really great. As I've said on here before, like when you're first getting into a brewery and you want to try some of their beers, a Pilsner is a great way to start because it's a very low ABV, nothing really to hide behind, to hide behind with the beer. It's just right there out in the open and exposed. So if there's any flaws in this beer and if you have a brewer, it doesn't have like that real, you know, ability, you're going to, it's going to show when you have a Pilsner. This is, I think this is a German style Pilsner, if if I'm correct. Does it say it on the can? I just had, it just says Pilsner. So I don't know if it's a Czech Pils or a Helles or, you know, what, what they're going for. Tastes more like a German Pilsner to me. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to go with that one. Um, but th- this is just a really no- another one. It's like super easy drinking, 4.8% ABV. So, I mean, there, there's really, it's, it's just another great session beer. Yeah, the German Pilsner style. Um, but it's nice because it has like that, it's got a subtle spicy, like a, a crispness to it that you want out of a good Pilsner. Just a subtle crisp quality. Because, you know, a lot of people think of Pilsners think of a lot of the macro beers that are out there. And that's that that, that lacks that a lot. They They want that to be much more appealing there's nothing too aggressive in it there's not any flavor profile that jumps out too much because that's intended to be a beer you know that that, even said in the commercial it's not you know meant to be fussed over no so i mean they kind of poo-pooed on their own beer their own commercial which is kind of an odd you know marketing choice but uh that's what those beers are brewed for this is one that has that crisp quality you get a little bit of like cracker like notes from the the malt so it's a real subtle sweet malt with just nice hints of hops, but yeah, not. it's got a little bit of a little bit of hop spice or hop zing, I would say to it, just a, just a slight bitterness, but yeah. not not overpowering. Yeah, so n- nothing that's going to turn you off completely. No, this would no. be this would be another one that's great to give to someone that's it's, just it's getting into very it. clean finishing. Yeah. It's going to be refreshing. You know, another great hot summer day. And the, the hops are definitely there in this, but it's not anywhere near like an IPA or anything yeah. like this. So when we say like this hop presence, it's more of a, a noble hop variety is what they usually put in a Pilsner, which just has subtle spice notes, some earthy notes, some things like that. It's it's not an overly aggressive hopping characteristic. Very subtle and only intended to have it there for balance within everything. And they're always brewed to be, you know, a very light, easy drinking style that has like a really clean finish and that's definitely what you get in spades in this one which is great i mean th- th- this is the the styles that when you walk into a brew house if they have a cream ale if they have a pilsner if they have a pale ale if they don't have the other two those are great ones to, to start out see how the brewery is then you can kind of make because there's a lot of you know every brewery has some signature beer whether it's this you know right. high octane bourbon barrel age mm-hmm. something or a triple ipa and that's great, and they're they're great beers, but there's a lot to hide behind within those. There's, if there's any flaws and things, if something's not brewed, you can you know hop the crap out of something. And if you're going in for a triple IPA, then you want a lot of hops, so you can kind of hide behind that if there are any flaws in the brewing quality. 
I mean, it's still going to be a good beer. You still, you can still mess it up horribly. I mean, we've all yeah. had yeah. you know things. That, <laughs> we've all had real good things yeah. that we've messed up horribly. So I mean, there, there's still the possibility of it not being great, but there's just a lot more to hide behind as far as ingredients. Like that's the key thing with this is the amount of ingredients that are put in. And when you're doing something lighter like a cream ale or a pilsner or even a pale ale, you're not putting in nearly as many ingredients. You're not throwing in as much hops. You're not throwing in it's as much. It's not the kitchen malt. sink recipe. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're kind of you. You want to go light. You want to see a, a very clean bill of just like a, a low amount of ingredients because that's how you're going to find that light balance. Because that's that's the key with these beers is balance and lightness, which is very difficult for many home brewers to pull off. Like a low ABV beer that's still very light and and has flavor within it, and it's not just acrid because that's what winds up happening to a lot of home brewers. They put too much in and they're going for a light ABV. And you don't want an acrid taste, man. No. It's not a good time. That's, no. that's never a good time no. with, with anything, no matter no, what no, you're no, doing. No, 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 <laughs> that, no. That's really what this is. It just has that real light quality, and that's what you want out of these styles. That's why we're starting with these, is to have a little bit more of a light quality in these beers, and then we'll work our way into uh, some of the darker ones and the bigger ones, although we're going to we're gonna wind up jumping up pretty big pretty quick once we get into the interview. Yeah, now. that's it, all good. I'm, I'm feeling that's the direction you're going today, and I love it. I get to see over the computer screen here, Backyard Billy takes a sip, lifts the glass, twirls it around a little <laughs> bit, takes another taste. It's not meant to be snobby. Derek, it's pretty, much, <laughs> Derek pretty much throws it back. Does his thing. He pretty another much day knows. Another day at the office, he knows what he's getting right into. One of these days, um, we'll do like a chugging contest. We'll just like, I mean, this is a chugging beer. We could just yeah, that's literally. Cool. These yeah. are ones if you're into jamming a key into one end and cracking open the key. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. You get a shotgun on them. Well, I think what would be really cool is maybe we will record you doing your <laughs> routines as you taste and sample the beers. Actually, I should I mean, put, that's where we all started off. It's you know, funny, man. It's funny the different characters. Characteristics between everybody that comes. Everybody has their own routine when they're t- taking a drink yeah. uh, from the mighty glasses here of the beer geeks after they hear us pour. Um, the different mannerisms and uh, routines and movements. Fabulous. And I think I'm going to record them one of these days and then we're going to play them individually online. That'd be funny, Derek. Yes. We could just make a little lace uh, montage of everything. Yeah, that would be fabulous. What will be fabulous right now is we take a break, pay some bills. We come back, we're going to continue. We are the Beer Geeks, and you will hear us pour on Sports Hub 102.3 NBC Sports Radio. Have you been searching for the perfect engagement ring or an exquisite gift for a special occasion? Rainbow Jewelers is where you'll find it. Rainbow Jewelers, consistently voted the number one jeweler in the Wyoming Valley, has a large selection of GIA and EGL certified diamonds, engagement rings, necklaces, bracelets, and earrings. Rainbow Jewelers also has wedding bands, birthstone jewelry, mother's rings, all high quality at the best price. Plus, they sell citizen brand watches and offer jewelry repairs. Rainbow Jewelers, 789 Wyoming Avenue, Kingston. Open Tuesday through Saturday. America's service members and veterans are strong. Forged out of bravery, sacrifice, and duty. Sometimes reaching out for help can be the most challenging and worthwhile mission of all. When you recognize something isn't right, make the call to the Veterans Crisis Line or Military Crisis Line at 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. Or chat online at veteranscrisisline.net or text 838-255. 
Intercom's Elite Eateries, Northeast PA's finest dining and family restaurants, featuring the Sanderson Street Tavern, 655 Sanderson Street Troop, Tommy Boy's Bar and Grill, 14 North Market Street, Nanticoke, and Grande Pizza and Family Restaurant, Bernie Ave Music. Wyoming Valley Motors, making good deals, making good friends. If you're looking for a quality, reliable vehicle that you can afford, and one that looks sharp too, you'll find it at Wyoming Valley Motors. Wyoming Valley Motors has hundreds of pre-owned vehicles, all with the best prices of the year, and financing rates as low as 0.9%. Have you been looking for the car you've been dreaming about? Wyoming Valley Motors inventory has hundreds of makes and models available. Plus, they have over 90 certified pre-owned vehicles in stock. Bad credit? No problem. No credit app is refused. Get into that reliable, affordable car you deserve today. Stop by and take a test drive at Wyoming Valley Motors, Route 11, Larksville, Kingston Corners, Kingston, and 560 Pierce Street, Kingston. Check out their pre-owned inventory online at Wyoming Valley Motors. Visit wyomingvalleymotors.com. Wyoming Valley Motors, making good deals, making good friends. Join parents and experts at understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues designed to help you help your child thrive in school and in life. Understood.org, because understanding is everything. Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council. If you're looking to get cash for your broken and unwanted jewelry, go to a reputable jeweler who's been in business for a long time, not one that appeared because the price of gold went up. Bring your broken and unwanted jewelry to Rainbow Jewelers. They're professionals and deal directly with the refiner. Rainbow Jewelers will tell you what your gold's really worth and pay you what it's really worth. Rainbow Jewelers, 789 Wyoming Avenue, Kingston. Open Tuesday through Saturday. All right, welcome back to the Beer Geeks Radio Hour here on Sports Hub 102.3 NBC Sports Radio. And we were just talking about the fabulous beer. And now we're going to talk to one of the men behind all the beer that we're drinking today. Dirty Derek, take over. Well, we're like now it's a welcome to the show, Mr. Jeremy Myers, brewmaster, co-founder of Nshemini Creek. Jeremy, welcome to the show, sir. How's it going, guys? Oh, fantastic. Thanks for giving us a call today. We really appreciate it. Uh, no problem at all. So let's just dive right into it. Now, as a, a former educator myself in high school, I could understand why you might leave the fold. So I understand that you are also a former high school teacher. So what led to you kind of leaving the fold and getting into this world? Well, I didn't exactly get into teaching directly out of college. as like, that was my career path, and that's what I went to college for. It was sort of a secondary thing for me. It was actually part of, um, I had gotten a, a job at a school district in New Jersey as a technology coordinator for the entire district, and then uh, there was a teaching component to it, but it wasn't like eight periods a day. So for me, <laughs> I didn't have any you know, love loss by leaving depression, so to speak. So for me, it was more the IT background, so it, it was wasn't really me getting out of teaching at all. Um, although I enjoy this a lot more than teaching. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an easy one. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so how, how were you homebrewing then throughout all of this? Um, I, I, I would like to say, I mean, I definitely w- would admit that I got the homebrewing later uh, in life than I would have liked. Uh, for me, it was a situation, I guess I always kind of put it in funny terms where, like, when my wife and I bought our house, there's a homebrew store about two miles down the road, and I had the unfortunate luck of every time I would drive by the store in the morning, it was closed, you know, on my way to work. And every time I would drive home from my way to work, uh, from from work, I, it was closed again. So it took me about a year <laughs> to finally, you know, get you know get the time to be like, okay, I'm going to go on a Saturday, I'm going to do this. Um, and I quickly went from that to to trying to figure out how am I, you know, I, I want to do this for a living. How do I do this for a living? 
So, so how many batches did it take you then to really make that that uh, decision? Um, well, I. I I jumped in the homebrewing pretty, you know, pretty strong and pretty, you know, pretty heavy. So I went from, you know, my first batch to, you know, brewing like four times a month. Um, and I did that for about a year. And then I said, okay, I got to figure out, you know, what I can do. You know, how do I, how do I get paid to do this? You know, because I, and I want to say I was like in a midlife crisis. But I was definitely in a scenario <laughs> where I was like, uh, I think I could see myself doing this a lot more than what I'm doing right now. So I just did a little bit of research, and lo and behold, there's actually brew schools in the United States. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, this isn't something that you actually have a discussion with your high school guidance counselor. You know, and, you know when you're 16, be like, hey, I want to make beer for a living. It's, you know, what? sort of something you come into late here in the United States. Like, Europe is way, you know, like in Germany and Britain, you know, they have four-year degrees on this stuff because they're fur- further down the line than us when it comes to all this stuff. Yeah, it's definitely an easy, uh, once you start getting the receipts, and especially when the wife sees the receipts of how much you're spending at the homebrew shop, it's it's a very quick decision to say, how can I make money doing this instead yeah. of spending it all? I mean, it, it might have just sort of supplanted how much money I was spending out of distributorships anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so so you, you wound up going to the Siebel Institute, correct? Yeah, I, what I ended up doing, so... Uh, I was homebrewing for about two years, and then I, you know, kind of come, you know, came to this this point where I was like, I got to figure out, you know, how to do this, and went through the research and figured out, hey, you know, the, the Siebel Institute is the oldest brewing school in the United States, and it's also Chicago, which works out really well for me because I have a lot of friends in Chicago, um, you know, and and for me it was easy. I could, you know, crash on some couches during during school, but I also, you know, figured it made sense for me to send out my resume to a few. Uh, few breweries in the area and, and say, hey, I'm going to brew school in the fall, and it'd be really cool if I could figure out a way to come in and learn, you know, a little bit more than just home brewing um, before I jump into school here and, and try to become a professional brewer. So uh, that worked out pretty well for me, considering I had uh, six, well, I, I sent my resume out to six breweries, and three of them got back to me, and I ended up, uh, I landed at, at River Horse in Lambertville, um, you know, did that for about five months, and then went to brew school, and actually, right before I left for school, they offered me a full-time brewer's gig as soon as I got back from school. Wow, oh, that's awesome. That works out. So now, when you got back and then decided to open up the brewery, like what was the kind of the you were going for when you were opening up the brewery? Like, what were some of the struggles? Were you doing like a contract style? Like, how were you opening up the brewery? Well, for me, I, I never got into to brewing, professional brewing anyway, to start a brewery. I'd been at River Horse for about two years and left, and was actually interviewing at a few other had had interviewed at a few other breweries, and then through some mutual friends. Um, my buddy Rob, who um, I knew was a home brewer, and, and Rob would you know call me from time to time uh, with questions, and you know it just one of the he was actually he was a teacher, um, had gone to Rowan and gotten his uh, teacher's certificate there, and was just about to you know was was doing some subbing and was just about to you know send his you know was was sending his resume out to to try to get a full time teaching gig, and you know through a conversation with some mutual friends, it came to light. You know that hey, uh, Rob would probably be into doing this too because I had this crazy, wacky idea about starting a brewery, which everyone, every home brewer at one point I think has an idea. Of, <laughs> hey, it'd be great to start a brewery. And I mean, I guess when I got into professional brewing, I never, you know, thought like this is something or somewhere I would, you know, end up or land. It was just kind of an afterthought. I just I enjoyed making beer, and it, it was enough for me to make beer for other people. Um, and it just kind of between the conversation between Rob and I, we figured out hey, we can we can make this happen. So. Now, are you from the Croydon area? I grew up in Lambertville and New Hope, so um, okay. I'm, I'm a product of Bucks County, I always say. Um, so I grew up, you know, 25, 20 minutes away from here. Um, uh, my partner, Steve, actually grew up 
in Langhorne went to Chamonix High School. I live in, in Churchill, um, so I'm right down the road. Um, you know, Rob Rob is from New Jersey as well. So we we, ha- we definitely have some pretty good roots here. Um, I always kind of joke that, uh, so Trogger Pilsner is named after my family. My family's been living in Buss County since 1762. Um, oh, wow. So we, we definitely have some pretty pretty <laughs> deep planted roots in, in the county. Unfortunately, I, I'm not directly from this, you know, from Bristol Township or, uh, you know, but I grew up just up the road. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, why did you want to pick in there? But that, that already answers that one. So yeah, I mean, it wasn't well. You know, we we looked at eleven different spots, anywhere between um, Hatfield, um, right up by the Bucks Montgomery border, right up there off of three and nine from Hatfield all the way down to here. So just I did be honest when I called the broker about this location and then driving here to look at it the day we actually didn't even schedule to look at this building. We were scheduled to look at the building two two buildings down. And when we got here, the broker was like, okay, well, this one just was rented, so I have these other locations, and, you know, this, this one's here. It's a little bit bigger, but, uh, you know, it might might work for you guys. And I had a feeling, though, for some reason when I was driving to the building that, like, for some reason this was the building. It, it, it just, I had this intuition. I, I, I can't explain it. I, I don't know why, but for some reason I knew driving to this building that we were going to be in this building. Sometimes things just speak to you. And you guys yeah, almost ended exactly. up being county line, right? Isn't that what you well, what was the name the, that was getting kicked we around? We actually looked at a couple of buildings, uh, uh, ironically enough, uh, probably 500 yards from where the guys from Naked Brewing ended up over on Buck Road in, in, uh, in Lower Southampton Township, Huntington Valley there. Um, we had looked at a few places over there, so one of the original ideas for the name for the brewery was Caroline Brewing, and then we ended up not being there, so... Uh, when we settled on the, we actually had settled on the name the Shamrock Creek Brewing before we even landed here in Croydon, but uh, we had decided to keep the name, uh, you know, accounting line for one of the names of the beers, and that kind of stuck. So, so now the other thing that's really cool with what you guys have is the artwork. Is there? How do you put the artwork together for the beers? Is it kind of you formulate the beer and then put the artwork together, or is it kind of like you have an artist that has some stuff? Or, well, we work with our our good friend JP Flexner. JP is amazing. He makes unbelievable artwork and is a super talented graphic designer and illustrator um and one of the nice things is when we usually have an idea for a beer whether it be the name or what's going on with the beer we almost always uh you know bounce we have some ideas or he you know from the name he'll have an idea and it's really easy to work with him because we can bounce ideas off of each other really well and really quickly and we're really on the same page when it comes to that stuff so it's Generally speaking, we, you know, I, I don't think out of all the designs that JP's ever done for us that we've ever said, hey, we're not feeling this. You know, if anything, he had done some designs at the beginning that was uh, a little bit more um, modern or, you know, I, I don't want to say stylish, but more font-driven, not necessarily like the wacky artwork that, you know, and the illustration, you know, off-the-wall illustration that we're using now. But we'd asked, actually asked him to create a, a, a label for one of our, our, our first anniversary beer, a very limited beer. And it was the first time he had done something with illustration and as soon as he had done that we were like okay well we gotta do everything like this <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's neat because it's, it's it's cohesive but they're all different that's what i wanted to work on that's tough for a lot of breweries to pull off is because they try to do something different for each different beer and then it winds up not making a cohesive unit but this is really neat because you could tell there is a similarity between everything although they're very unique yeah J- i mean jp also within his style it's uh, he's and I've worked with him prior uh, to the brewery, you know, getting off the ground and, and doing some artwork. And I mean, he's, he's a really versatile artist. So you know, once we kind of got into this groove, we said, okay, we don't want to get out of this groove. We'll you know, we'll stay on this. But like, he's definitely come up with a few other, you know, especially outside of the brewery with other things that like I've seen him do that 
I, when I've seen it, I was like, wow, I didn't realize that was you because he's, he's that talented. So. Now, one of the things I want to talk with you about, because I like to see w- what brewers who made this beer think of. Now, one of your beers that people have, I mean, even as soon as we announced the show, I mean, I got so much feedback, people asking, where is the shape of hops to come? Now, that's one of the beers you have that is very sought after. And I see a lot of people posting about it that definitely live outside the distribution area, which leads me to believe they got it through beer trading. So what do you think as the brewer with the beer trading thing that's going on? Um, I mean, I don't mind beer trading. That's, you know, part of the, the, the hobby or the, you know, the, the joy of enjoying craft beer. Um, I, if anything, as a brewer, worry about beer trading when it comes to hoppy beers, like a double IPA, because, uh, you know, the, the legs on the beer, you know, and we, we have, we keep our cases in, internally and test them and know where they're at. But, like, sometimes, you know, I, 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 I prefer to see the beer drank within, you know, a month of its packaging date, you know, or the, when we package it. And I, you know, that's the only thing I worry about. I don't want to see people sitting on IPAs. Now, some of the other beers we've done, like the barrel, you know, the barrel age and the limited, you know, stuff we've done, the bourbon barrel age beers and, and the sours, like, I, we actually encourage people to, to sit on the bottles for a little bit. So that stuff, you know, that stuff's fine. I mean, I, I guess it's... It's kind of weird. I have a buddy of mine who uh, is an editor for a relatively new magazine called Craft Beer and Brewing, and uh, Jamie's definitely got his finger on the pulse of what's going on in, in a kind of a natural spe- uh, spectrum. And he, he jokingly texted me, he's like, how does it feel to be trade bait? <laughs> he's like <laughs> laughing. I'm like, I never thought that, you know, the brewery would be considered, you know, some of our stuff would be considered trade bait. So, but yeah, I mean, that's, um, uh, you know, that's a beer for us that, uh, you know, has definitely garnered a lot of attention. Um, I, I kind of joke that, you know, sometimes you think, you know, with the way people react, that beer, that's the only beer we, we, we've made. And, you know, some people, you know, especially considering we've won a gold medal for a lager at GABF, people just kind of gloss over, ignore that that point. It's like, oh, the only beer we have is, the, you know, this double IP shape, you know, double IPA shapes the hoppy common. And, and that's the only beer we make. And, you know, to us, all of our beers are our favorites. All of our beers are our babies. You know, it doesn't really mm-hmm. make a difference what people outside of the brewery think because we're always you know drinking our uh, our own beer and always try to improve upon our own beer so they're all our all our children yeah it's great you guys have a real we were talking about that before like a real extensive lineup that you don't really see with a lot of i mean even the fact you have a cream ale is a very unique thing unfortunately for a lot of breweries because it kind of gloss over styles like that yeah i mean uh you know someone asked me uh from a podcast i did a podcast uh, three weeks ago and they asked me why we make a cream ale and i said because i like to drink cream ale (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty that that simple not you know not every craft beer has to be this sexy ferrari you know yeah Yeah. you know you got to have a beater and for us i mean i love cream ales they're easy to drink they're low in abv you know i don't have to worry about you know talking about all the complexities of this beer because that's you know that there's a time and place for that, and, and, and sometimes it's not at the end of the day when you've just got done brewing and you've been working nine hours. You don't have to, you don't want to think about beer too much. You just want to enjoy a beer. So yeah, and regardless of of how complex a beer is, if it's like the main thing you're brewing over and over again, it kind of over time you just develop that same muscle, and you kind of it, it's good to have that extensive portfolio for a lot of people getting used to a brewery, especially. Oh, and then part of it too is that as brewers, we enjoy making more than just one style of beer. You know, for us. You know, within our core offerings, you know, you have the cream ale, and then you have the, you know, up the hoppy beers, and then you have the Belgian triple, but then also, you know, it's kind of funny we talk internally, okay, what what do we want to make next? And, like, right now it's kind of difficult because uh, there's such a, a demand right now and a, and a stress on our core brands, and we're having a hard time keeping up. 
Um, actually, we're it's right now we're not keeping up at all. So it's kind of overdrive on producing the the big three right now are Cowan IPA, John Pale Ale, and then Churchill Lager are the three. And then, of course, demand on on shape. And now with the new Blitzkrieg Hops Double IPA, um, there's a big big demand on that. Like we're completely out of stock of that, and our distributors are screaming at us, like wondering where they can you know when they can get more. So we're trying to figure out where we can fit all those things in within still you know trying to be. You know, not to say you don't enjoy brewing, but like one of the the, the, the fun part about enjoying uh, enjoy of brewing is you know even on a commercial and prof- professional level is learning. And if you're not brewing, if you're brewing the same beer all the time, you're not learning. So we're trying to trying to figure out how we can work that into to the whole you know business plan. I guess you could say that, you know what we're trying to do here. So yeah, trying to play the cup game always becomes a yeah. fun thing. <laughs> so you said Blitzkrieg Hop. So let's let's talk about that. We have that one in our glass right now for a little bit. So now, what do you have as far as like the hop bill? And I mean, this is phenomenal it's we, we, we took a God. sip it's just yeah it's i just amazing. got it i just got it like three hops yeah got, oh, look at that you just awesome. blew, he just blew freddie's brain jam yeah. <laughs> well the the irony is this beer is actually brewed exactly the same way as shape of hops to come um the only difference is is in this is our style double ipa that we brew with all english malts and all english hops um but as far as the percentages for example like in shape of hops to come we use two row american barley whereas in blitzkrieg hops we use um Paris Otter. You know, English Pale Ale Mall. Um, but the percentage amount between two row and, and Shape of Popsicum and the, and the uh, Maris Otter in Blitzkrieg are exactly the same. And then um, as far as the IBU schedule um, from start to finish, uh, the IBU schedule in Blitzkrieg matches Shape of Popsicum. The only difference is the type of malts and the type of hops we're using. So um, all the hops in Blitzkrieg are uh, unusually high alpha acid hops for English hops. I think most people kind of get lulled to sleep by the, you know, what they consider the typical English hops like East Kent Golding and, and whatnot. Um, Fuggles, you know, with, with this one we have um, Admiral, um, Admiral Phoenix, uh, Pilgrim, and uh, Target. Uh, those are the four. The four hops we use in this beer. So they're all high alpha uh, hops. That's another reason why we want to try making this beer because we want to get people to think outside of the box when it comes to, like, in an English style, you know, IPA or double IPA. You know, for us, I mean, it's because it's brewed like an American IPA with all English ingredients, and it it it, it kind of has the the best of both worlds, it, so to speak. It's but even though it's the brewed exactly the same as shape, it's it's very different. I mean, it has a, a much more succinct bitterness than than shape. I think shape is a lot more rounded because of the, the American hops are in it. Um, but the you know the, the floral character um, in Blitz is there, but it also has a little bit more you know a little little bit of the earthy character that you would expect from English hops, but it's not. You know, like a you know an English pale ale, so to speak. Um, but it's, it's it's very different, I think, than any other IPA out IPA out there. We had, I mean, we tried. Well, we did brew it last year, and um, it, it came out well. It was like much more malt forward than we had really wanted. We wanted to actually be as lean as an American you know double IPA. Um, and we we feel like right now that the the what we're making is exactly what we had intended. It's a much much better version than what had come out last year, and of course. I'm a big fan of uh, beers and cans. I, I actually think all, especially our hoppy beers, really shine. Uh, they, they, they're so bright uh, out of the can as opposed to, like, uh, if they were in a bottle or if they were in, in a keg. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely agree with that one. This is It's it's really nice because, like, that English, that Maris Otter really comes through, mm-hmm. but it's not as uh, full as some of the other times when people can use Maris Otter a little too heavy-handed and it becomes that real kind of thick, viscous uh, malt feel to it. But this is really nice because it's very still very smooth, and those hops are... 
perfectly suspended in yeah. it, which is really nice. And it has that dry finish, but not nearly as dry as, as some American IPAs can have, but it has that crisp, dry finish to it, which is really nice. Yeah, I mean, we were really surprised, too, because, uh, you know, we figured that this would probably finish at the same or a little bit little bit higher than uh, gravity-wise as, as Shave of Fossil Cone, but uh, even with the Maris Otter and the Biscuit Malt in there, it, it actually finishes about a half point lower than Shape, which we <laughs> weren't really expecting. So it's it, it's... That's why we think the bitterness shines through a little bit more, and it's not, you know, the, the back-end flavor is also hugely different because the, the hops, the American hops versus the English hops um, are just completely different. Absolutely perfect. Jeremy, thank you so much. I mean, your beers are phenomenal. We're enjoying them. We have a few more to work through. But uh, thank you so much for giving us a call today. really appreciate this. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, have a great weekend, sir. Cheers. Take care. Cheers. Awesome. Very good. We had a wonderful interview there. And uh, we have more beer to drink, don't we, Derek? Oh, we definitely do. Awesome. So let's get on that. We're going to pay some bills. We'll be right back with the Beer Geeks Radio Hour here on Sports Hub 102.3 NBC Sports Radio. Soccer. It's more than just a sport. It's a passion. You live it. You love it. Soccer is the beautiful game. And Soccer Plus in Clark Summit is the shop that makes the game look good. They carry an amazing selection of the best in soccer merchandise, footwear, equipment, uniforms, and fan gear. So whether you're a foot baller or a fan, you'll find what you're looking for at Soccer Plus, 611 South State Street, Clark Summit. Visit SoccerPlusOnline.com. Soccer Plus is a proud sponsor of the Two Robbies Football Show, Saturdays at 5 p.m. on 102.3 The Sports Hub. On Monday, Josh Liebarger made his status Case of the Mondays Followed by a frowny face It got one like and five comments, including Dislike Well, Josh, Geico also wants to make a comment To turn that emoji's frown upside down In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance by switching to Geico With all that extra dough, why not give Monday a makeover? We see an office party in your future Hosted by you Hashtag happy face Hashtag savings Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance I thought that Taco Bell's quesarito was already perfect. That a beefy burrito wrapped in a cheesy quesadilla couldn't get any better. Well, the quesarito has found its soulmate, sriracha. The sriracha quesarito has two layers of tangy sriracha sauce. They were meant for each other. They complete each other. I guess what I'm trying to say is, I miss you, Jessica. Please call me. Taco Bell's new sriracha quesarito. It's a relationship you wish could last forever. At participating locations for a limited time. Test drive any vehicle at Matthews Planet Pre-Owned on Bernie Ave in Music and get a free pair of ski passes. No haggle. One price buying with over 55 vehicles on the lot and over 300 to choose from. It's a new way to buy a used car. Book your test drive at planetpreownedpa.com or stop in today. All right, we're back with the Beer Geeks Radio Hour here on Sports Hub 102.3 NBC Sports Radio. My name is Freddie. I am the insignificant, significant one, the anti-DJ, if you will. And I'm here with my merry men, Dirty Derek and Backyard Billy, Backyard Billy getting ready for the weekend, next weekend, parade next day. weekend, parade day. But what do we have going on tonight at Backyard Ale House? We actually have a fundraiser today. Um, nice. You know, it's it's for a woman who's uh, struggling with uh, some cancer. So come on down and, and support the cause. Help her out. Um you can get the deets on on Facebook. Pat's right. gonna punch me in the nose when I get back to the bar because uh, I don't have the, the time. You can get the deets on Facebook. <laughs> 
That's what the internet's for. Swing giving you information. Exactly. Oh, so right. come on down and 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 help help and help a sister out. Help 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 a sister out. Back backyard alehouse. Do it all day tonight. Do it up. Make it happen. Dirty Derek. We got beer to drink. Billy wants to drink more beer. Oh, we do. We, all we, right. We, we now, as I said, like typically you're not going to jump to the double IPA and then kind of back down. But that's what we're doing here. We, we went from the Butts Creek. Now we're doing the County Line IPA. Now this is one that they have year round. Uh, really solid. Six point six point six ABV. Um, five different hops using this one. It's really nice, and it's cool because on, on the artwork for the label, you see it, it kind of has a, a citrus fruits ba- uh, fighting some pine. So you get those those notes are definitely prevalent in this, but really super easy drinking, really wonderful IPA. I mean, this is definitely one, like if you are a fan of the IPA style, uh, one that you definitely should try. It has that real nice balance between the two. You get some of those citrus notes coming through, but it has a bit of that that pine in there. Well, it actually has some pine trees on the. Uh, they're fighting the citrus. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, they're <laughs> fighting the citrus on the uh, on the can. It's actually really cool. Angry pine trees throwing <laughs> hop cones. <laughs> but it's it's nice because it, I, I like a good balance between those two hops because sometimes an IPA can either tend to be overly piney or overly citrus. But when you get a nice balance between those two, or the when you take a sip, like you feel the, I mean, you, well, you can taste, I shouldn't say feel, you can taste those two uh, flavors balancing them and fighting it out on the palate because you'll get that'll kind of wash back and forth between citrus and pine as it's finishing out. And it has a really, really nice dry finish to it, which I, I love. I love an IPA with a really good dry finish. And this one definitely has that. And then it's 6.6. Still, you know, we got a lot of IPAs now we're starting to see are pushing over 7% ABV. So it's nice that this one's a little more reserved in it, but still has a really nice flavor profile, really well balanced and just super, super easy drinking. And as you said, this is the one that's available in cans. Everything that we're having today, minus our last beer, is in cans, which is awesome because they've really gotten into that whole movement with it. And it's, and it's great. Like that, the whole can thing. I, I still love it. I mean, I think it's a great thing for a lot of the beers. I mean, as far as going to a, a bar and, and ordering a can, some people, you know, look at it weird. But as far as having it at your house, that's perfect. Like you want to have that portability with there's it. There's nothing wrong with going to a bar and ordering no, a can I'm not, of beer. <laughs> I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. Some people look at it because most people, when they go to the bar and they order it, like it, they'll just pour it into a glass. So, I mean, yeah, real, yeah. really, the, the vessel is irrelevant. But cans are great if you're going camping or something like that and you're not going to oh, yeah. bring glassware with you and you don't have to worry about having a bottle opener or breaking something and slicing your leg open. <laughs> well, like well Jeremy said, you know, it, and I think it was he was spot on when he said that that uh, you know the Blitzkrieg just sparkles in a uh, in a in the hop. So it's it's one of those beers that just uh, you know certain hop beers that you know definitely get legs yeah. when they're worn their cans stay a lot yeah. fresher. So it's yeah, definitely, definitely the way to go. And that, that's the thing I think a lot of people don't think of. Like the the reason cans are so good with it, besides the portability, is you know the green bottles are always kind of poo pooed on the most, and that's mainly because that lets a lot of light in. Yeah. And then the brown bottles let less light in, but they're still light coming 95%, they reflect 95% of light. But cans let none of the light in. And what what the light will do over time, if people don't know of this, basically that'll be what skunks the beer. Light struck. If you keep having a light hit, like if you have a bottle you're trying to age, you need to keep that. That's what they call, you know, man cave or the storage area. Like you want to keep it away from light. Like that's the whole thing. If you're going to age a beer, keep it away from light. Keep it in a drawer or something, you know, just something where, I mean, besides the temperature thing, but you want to keep it away from light. But in cans... That's not a worry. Like, there is zero light coming through in a can. So that's not really – that eliminates one worry of things. 
besides the whole portability. And I, some people make the argument, but cans have come a long way from the way they used to be as far as how they're lined and how long they will last and things like that. And that's what's great about this is, like, you have this. Now, as you said, the double IPA, you want to drink as fresh as you can. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what's nice is we have a super fresh one. That's why it was so good. Yeah, he's. Re- I mean, he's recommending 30 days. Yeah. And that's just, you that, know. That's really what you want to try to yeah. do. When you get an IPA, if you can go down and just get it right off the line, like, that's when you're going to – that's what – the brewer intended. That's that's what he was saying. That's why I wanted to get into that whole beer trading thing because beers will age as they're getting traded and they'll sit mm-hmm. around. You don't know what you're getting. Trade and, bait. Love and that's, it. And yeah. that's the whole, <laughs> the whole thing with that is you wind up getting a beer that that's not what the brewer intended you to drink. So if you didn't like it, you, you know, it could be way past its prime and it's not what the brewer intended. So that's not the brewery's fault. That's your fault. Your fault. Your own damn well, fault. The, the, the issue is, is really is that people are judging them now on an aged beer. So, yeah. you know. It's getting, totally different. Yeah. it's, it's And that's it, why you'll see. That's one of the things. If you're going to jump on those oh, rating websites. Oh, it's not that good. Well, you, you didn't have it fresh. You have no yeah. idea with that on those rating websites what beer that person's drinking yeah. when it was brewed. It could be same beer months or even years apart. Wow. So, I mean, there's a whole thing within that. Stuff we all learn when we listen to Beer Geeks Radio here on Sports Hub 102.3 NBC Sports Radio. Did I say that? Yeah, I said it twice. I'm a redundant MF. What can I say? (laughs) It's all good stuff. Metallica, for whom the bell tolls on the Beer Geeks. Yeah.
standing can never beat Metallica, especially on a sunny Saturday morning when the beers are cracking open or popping open or whatever we're doing with them this today. This is the second day in a row I've been down here drinking at this studio. I know. <laughs> I know. He's doing the rounds. He's on tour. He was uh, KRZ yesterday, yeah. one of our good friends, Rocky and Lissa. And I'll tell you what, man, pumping up everybody for St. Patty's Day at Patsy the Backyard Alehouse. Your brother is skilled, operatic skills. Yeah. I think that would be proper. Operatic? Oh, uh, um, operatic. So. Operatic. Is that a word, you, Derek? You're it, is now. it is you now. You say it once and you say it out there. That's how it works. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you have to look at the dictionary how much it's changed for the gets, past couple of years. He gets now. so nervous about it. Like, he's he's very shy. And then all of a sudden, this, like, amazing voice comes Oh, you know what, though? You know what twists my nuts, Zach, though? I'll tell you what twists my nuts. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Pat. No, no, no. Well, not physically. Yeah. Not like his, his hands. And I've yeah. shaken his hands before. They're mighty warm. I mean... Yeah. Your nuts are going to be twisted. I mean, but still, let's get in here. No, don't get excited. I'm just saying. All right, here's the deal. You can't sing off the air, and then when they say, hey, would you give us a little sample? Oh, no, no, no. I can't do that. Well, why did you bait everybody by singing off the air yeah. when you know you're in a radio station? They're going to say, give us a sample yeah, on right. the air. Oh, no, I don't know if I can do that. I'll just bait you on. But he on. did it. He did do it. He yeah. worked up. He so I he, wish I, I missed that one. I wish I would have to hear that. Pat had an Eye of the Tiger moment, and he, he made did. it happen he, on KRZ like yesterday. And you come here, you don't sing, you don't play the damn spoons, you don't do nothing. <laughs> Derek, we're getting I'm going to have to bring some spoons myself. Yeah, All right. right. <laughs> Freddie's going to shut up. You guys drink beer. Yeah, we're, we're moving. Now, this is one. Actually, let's, let's cover this quick so everybody knows. We were talking off air. Billy said that they just tapped some of this Blitzkrieg hops yeah, at Backyard Ale. It, it was funny. We, we, I was down there this morning and, and, and just talking with Tony and Greg, and they were like, well, you know, what should we tap? You know, should we tap the Blitzkrieg? And I'm like, well, we have Neshemini on the radio today, so let's go for it. And yeah. uh, so, I mean, Get that down beer there and is... Try. That's going to go yeah, quick. That's yeah. going to be one of those ones, as soon as someone tries it, they had had it, it's going to go quick. So, yeah, that's I get down there. And now what we've cracked into now, this is usually you're not going to do this, but it's nice because this actually holds up because after doing two, you know, fairly hoppy IPAs, we're cracking open the, the Churchville lager. And usually you're not going to do that because you usually want to uh, do a lager before you get into the IPA carry category. Blah, blah, blah. But uh, this is a really nice one with the, the malt balance in this. Like, this is easy to see. This is the one he said that they actually won in 2013. They won a GABF gold yeah. for this one. This is super easy to see. It's a Vienna lager style. Um, really nice, clean malt characteristic. Doesn't have any, like, real strong sulfur notes. 4.9, I believe. Yeah, 4.9 ABV. It's another fairly light, easy drinking. But it, it doesn't, it actually seems like, I mean, without knowing it's a, I mean, you know it's a lager. But if you took a, a drink out of this, like the, the mouthfeel and everything, it seems like it would be a higher ABV. Very, very full, very filling, just super, super delicious. I mean, this is a one of the best Vienna lagers. I, this is a style it, yeah, I love when it's done that, right. uh, You know, the malts just, you know, just hang around on the palate. It's it's an amazing beer. Yeah, it's got Nice those, color, too. I mean, a Vienna yeah. lager should have a nice amber color. This one does. Yeah, it's um, got some nice caramel malt character. Yeah. Like sweet, but not overly sweet. Yep. Really nice balance, really, really clean finish, which is fantastic. And I, is, I wish people could see the genuine smile on his face <laughs> yeah. as he was telling you that, Derek. Well, that's, that's, that's what it does. It brings happiness. Yeah, that's it's what a real smile. Yeah, no. It, He's a happy I, soul. Cold beer I'm, warms the soul. It, <laughs> it truly does. I mean, this, this is just so fantastic. I mean, you could easily see why this would win any kind of award anywhere. I mean, this is just one. If you love lagers, like, you have to 
have to try this beer. And it's it's actually funny when you think about a, a brewery that's like really known for its, you know, double IPAs, and then they also win yeah. gold, gold, gold medals for, yeah. for lagers. Like, yeah. the, you know, that doesn't happen often. No, it very rarely happens when you see something like that. I mean, that just shows the skill that Jeremy has with everything is they're, they're doing this when they're putting the recipes together. Like, this is a brewery that knows what they're doing. And, you know, they have fairly limited distribution right now, and they're only in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. And well, I'm they not just, sure. They just opened up here, like within the last three yeah. or four months. So. so they're they're starting to get going. I mean, this is a brewery though you need to keep your eye out for if if you're listening in an area you don't really have this brewery. Uh, keep an eye out for these guys because they're definitely up and comers, and you're going to really start to hear more of them as they get into their you know get through the growing pains which a lot of the breweries will face once they get a you know fairly popularity growing behind them. Like as you said, they're always up against it; they can't keep up with demand. That's just one of the growing pains. And then once they get through that and get through that bump, like you're going to really hear and see a lot more of this brewery. And it's, they've really built a reputation with yeah, the, the limited have. distribution they have. And you can see why as you try these beers. And uh, you know, now we're, we're ending now on the uh, Mudbank Milk Stout. And this is an oatmeal stout with a nice sweet characteristic to it. Uh, it has like some of those lactose qualities. Really easy drink. I think this is, what is this, six? Six five ABV. It's, it's smoky and sweet. Yeah, you, you get some of those like real nice smoke characteristics, but it's not uh, not overly smoked at all. No. It's just like a real. You get it in the aroma a lot more, and then as you drink it, you can get it just like real subtle characteristics. But it's like a fairly complex for six point five. Yep. Um, not overly sweet either, which is nice because like some milk stouts can get a little too sweet and kind of get into dessert categories and be a dessert. Yeah, this is not dessert. No, this is one like you could have with a dessert, but not unto itself, which is nice to have that real good balance with everything. And they do a couple of different uh, takes on the, the milk stout thing, too, which is nice. But, I mean, th- this is a brewery that, you know, with the wide variety that we've had today, I mean, we've gone through Pilsners, Cream Ales, Lagers, IPAs, now getting into milk stouts, and every one of them can stand on their own, which is yeah. which is really phenomenal. And, th- and that's what I'm saying. Like, this is a brewery that you need to keep your eye out for, uh, you know, I'm not one for the beer trades only because we said before about you don't know what you're getting as far as freshness. But if you need to do that to get your hands on this, it's totally worth it because this is a brewery like you want to try. Even their their lagers, which a lot of people pass over because, you know, it was just saying like the shape of hops to come for them is one that, as he called it, beer bait. You so know, that's what trade, yeah. trade bait. I got to ask trade real bait. quick, Derek. Beer I don't want to. I'm very, I'm curious about this with the trading for rare beers. Yeah. With the person that has it. Um, it, where do ethics come in on this real it's, quick? It, it, it terrible really, time it, to ask. It, it really is kind of unto themselves. Oh, like there's nobody okay. really regulating. There, there was a big thing that happened a while ago on some of those sites that people say, cause that's what it is. Like people will drink a bottle. Like that's why it's great getting in a can because mm. you cannot screw with somebody on the can. <sighs> but a bottle, like some people will drink whatever's in there, recap, recap it. it, and then wax it up Oof. and then send it out. And then you're getting God knows what. So right. that's kind of tough because it's it's not really regulated by anybody. Just wanted to know. I would hope and I would hope and think that no one would say I'm not really digging this. It's outdated. It's too old. Yeah. But someone out there really wants it, so I'm going to trade it for this. That would really suck. Yeah, and that, that does happen from time I'm to time. Sure but it but does. The most of those communities really are on top of each other. And if someone does something like that, yeah. So we're getting down to the end. 
We are pretty <sighs> much really at the end. Today. Man, Good it flew Lord. by. It was a great interview. Great beers. Wonderful choices. Again, Derek, thank you very much. Next Backyard week. Billy, two mornings in a row. Can't beat that with a wooden stick yeah. or lick it with a nine-inch tongue. And next week, Derek? Next week, we have Champion Brewing uh, from Virginia. And it's actually owner Hunter Smith's calling. And we actually went to college together, which will be a nice little catch-up interview. Ah, nice. Oh, gee, yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> you see me at the parade yeah. next week? <laughs> That's true. It's parade day next weekend, uh. too. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, backyard Billy Ram Lamb. Gonna be a Ram good time. Lamb, a lot of good times. And there's uh give us the time real quick for uh next week. There's no covers at what yeah, time? Yeah, no cover nine to ten. Yeah. Uh in the morning in, that in, is. In the morning. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that next week is the week that we don't feel as bad drinking so early in the morning because everybody in the area yeah. <laughs> started before we Ooh. even got in here. Yeah, whether you're just going to the parade for the heck of it or whatnot, you definitely want to make sure you stop by backyard ale house. Be safe. It's Have gonna fun, be a good water. time, and you know what they're pro there so if you have any questions any they're looking out for your best interest we're pros they're not just looking out to serve you i mean they're going to do that but they're also looking out for your best interest so if you want to have a safe good time uh extremely well staffed and a lot of fun backyard ale house for the parade i can't wait it's going to be pretty cool if i can find a parking spot in Southside, (laughs) and uh that's pretty much the hike is going to be and i have nine seconds to. to do this dirty derek backyard billy of course you know who i am fast freddy Consider yourselves all dealt with.